0: Before we dive into that um would you mind doing a quick intro for for the people that may not know who you are what you do and a little bit of your background yeah sure so um
1: who i am uh, billy keels uh what i do i try to be the best father husband son brother uh uncle that i can uh cousin i guess as well um i've sp- well, I come from a, well, originally from Columbus, Ohio. I actually live, I've lived in Europe for the last 20 years. So I live in Barcelona, Spain um, currently. And the thing is, is I've, I come from a very blue collar background. Both of my parents work two jobs. Uh, I've watched them make decisions towards the end of the month. Like, do they pay this bill or that bill? Not, never have been in a place where it, we didn't have food or it wasn't anything like that, but I, I've seen what it might, what it's like to have very scarce resources. And so uh, because that's where I come from and I was born in Columbus, by the time I was 12, uh, our, I, we'd worked or my parents lived in Ohio, Texas and Colorado. My brother and sister were both born in Colorado. We'd probably moved 10 times by the time I was 12 in those different states and then different houses and stuff like that uh, parents eventually had some marital issues that they couldn't resolve. Mom went back to Ohio. They eventually got divorced. And the thing is, my parents really put a big focus on education because they didn't have the quote unquote formal education. So they thought that that was the way out. They sacrificed a lot by putting us in the right school districts so that me and my brother and sister could gain access to quality public education. Uh, we even went to private school for a couple of years, I think. And, um, and afterwards I, I ended up going to college got two degrees and uh, always did everything that I was supposed to do like I, I was the, the A student um, and got the good grades did what I was told and kind of kept going through and just didn't didn't really get too much in trouble not too much I mean I'd got some trouble a little bit of trouble but uh, after college uh, with my two degrees I had this amazing job man where I was um, I thought I'd gotten rejected two times from Procter & Gamble uh, that that was that was like the dream job because I went to school at Miami of Ohio and that's like where you wanted to go. I had a marketing degree and if you couldn't get in there, you were kind of you weren't gonna do anything. Well, I ended up getting a job. My very first job right out of college uh, was based in St. Louis, Missouri. I was working and traveling about 25 to 28 days a month. Uh, our, by the time I was 26, I'd worked and traveled throughout some 58 countries. I was doing it also too in very like five-star hotels, resorts, things like that. And I was 21 to 26, so I was really, really young. A lot of energy, I was really excited about being able to see the world and it was pretty amazing. And because of that five years and 58 country experience, I didn't actually see myself going back to do a normal quote unquote nine to five job. So I had this kind of bad experience in 1995 where I really let myself down. Um, And i lived in Valencia, Spain said I wanted to go over and learn Spanish and I didn't. I worked really hard. I worked in college. I wiped wrestling mats during college to make money. And I worked really, really hard that summer and and I was gonna learn Spanish in 1995, but I didn't work. And that kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. So in six years later, I had a chance to move to Paris, France. I got accepted at a university called the Sorbonne uh, where I wanted to learn more about French language and culture. I wanted to learn how to salsa dance and I wanted to learn more about wine and I had an amazing opportunity. Like I was, um, kind of joke all the time. I was like, yeah, you know, when I was in Paris, I was learning French language during the day and the evening I was drinking a little bit of wine in the evenings and that helped my salsa dancing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it was a pretty amazing experience. I then, uh, I didn't want to go back. Like I was learning the language. I was learning more about the culture and Eventually I started picking up the phones because we were working with a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs during that five years in 58 countries. And and a lot of times they would say, hey, listen, if you ever want a job, give us a call, we'll get you in the process and blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of really wanting to stay in Europe. Uh, Fortunately, a number of the people I worked with were, they they were able to get me in to have a number of interviews, like seven, eight interviews of one of the companies. I ended up working there, I left Paris. I moved to the South in a town called Montpellier uh, on the Riviera or near the Riviera, probably better stated. Then from there, uh, they sent me to Italy to start up a sales team. Um, I was starting up a sales team in the IT space. I went there for about six months. Uh, before I left, I met this really cool, cute girl from Spain, woman from Spain, and she ended up moving back to Barcelona. Uh, while I was in Italy, we stayed in touch. I went back to France. Uh, eventually, um, I went back, I stayed in France, and then you know we were traveling back and forth. And then I ended up leaving France to move to Barcelona got here in 2008. um, Sorry, 2005. We got married in September of 2008. Our son was born in October of 2009. And then our second son was born in May of 2011. And so the reason I'm telling you all this stuff, um, Arch, is because I always joke with people. I say, look, man, if you're ever going to take a one-year sabbatical, you got to be careful because those one-year sabbaticals can turn into three countries, 20 years, a marriage, two kids, and four additional languages. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of that's kind of been it. Uh, I worked in the corporate world up until recently. I worked in the um, for a very large uh, market leading enterprise software uh, company, enterprise resource planning software company. And um, I was always in sales and sales leadership across Europe, Middle East and Africa. I worked globally as well in the marketing area and up until today i've been fortunate to also work and travel throughout 86 countries now at this point in my life and just uh every day try to be curious try to learn a little bit more and uh, try to uh return some of this greatness that i've uh, that i've received from from my years on
0: this earth man so that's a little bit about my story i'm sure we can probably go a couple of different directions however you want to go man right that's very very interesting and uh I do want to touch on how you kind of guide other people to do, to do the same and to be able to do the same. But before we get there, I want to start with um, certain sort of aspects of your personality. Would you say you were always somebody that was curious and wanted to kind of explore and go out of the mold? Because obviously, that's how it panned out for you, right? In life, you got to experience all these things. Um, what was that sort of desire like? like? Where do you think that desire to do that came from? you know what man if i think if i if i
1: the way that life has happened so when i was born we moved not long after i was born to move to colorado right and so my brother and sister were both born there we moved around a lot while i was there i was always the new kid at least my brother and my sister were there we were the new kids in class and then at the end of the the rental agreement we moved somewhere else and then we moved to texas and so i guess that was already kind of starting to happen to me When we were younger, we were moving always the new kids, better schools, try to get to the right school district, uh, always pushing the limits. And that was imposed, imposed more by my parents because they were really into making sure that we had a quality education because that was really super important for them. And so I guess as they were chasing that and my brother and sister and I were going along for the ride, it exposed us to things that at the time were kind of painful, to be honest with you it wasn't fun being the new kid in class like everybody else always knew each other and you're the new kid and it took you the first couple of weeks to actually make friends and that went on until i was 13 years old like literally every other year we were moving so or every year and so i guess that started early on but then what happened is when i went to college like i went away to college right so that was leaving home and then afterwards i had that amazing job right out of college and I guess, fortunately, I got turned down twice by PG. At the time, it was like one of the most dejecting things in my life. But had I had had I gotten that job, my life would be completely different right now. I don't know if I don't I mean, it would just be different, right? I don't know if I would have visited or 86 countries. I don't know if I would have lived in Europe the last 20 years. I don't know if I would have learned an additional four languages. Um, And so there was a portion that was imposed, but then there was a Part of my life, and it's even today, Arsh, Like I love traveling. I love going to new places. I love the fact that my brain, when I go to a place where I don't recognize any of the of the of the writing on the wall or the interpretation, like it just it makes my brain go, Wow! How can I figure this out? I want to figure this out. Or you got to go back to the basic questions and saying, Hey, you know, what do you do, or how do you think, or how do you propose, or that we get over this situation, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So it started out being imposed and now it's just something that I I really genuinely enjoy doing. My next goal is to get to a hundred countries globally and be able to touch seven continents. At least that's what we think in the U S and in Europe, they don't believe that there's seven continents. It's a whole different story, but um, you know, that, so that's, that's kind of the, hopefully that answers your
0: question. Right. No, it does. And um, there are a lot of kind of thoughts that stem from it. Um, You know, obviously it may be hard to develop meaningful relationships since you're constantly moving and when you're working in the corporate environment you have to navigate through relationships so what was kind of the approach you took in order to i guess have a meaningful relationship enough to be productive and to build a rapport and to learn from people but also keep in mind that with your ambitions and your and your desires this could be very well temporary or maybe not you know Yeah. I mean, one of the things,
1: yeah, I guess one of the things that when I, when I went into the corporate world, right, it was, I was in a new place and then the first corporate job I ever had, I was literally traveling 25 to 28 days a month. So what the things that I knew about being the new kid in class, I only got more repetitions. So I only got more quantity, right? And so you can, it's very difficult to get to quality of anything unless you go through quantity. Right. You go through quantity first and then you get to quality. And so starting out, moving from these three different states and different places to go from that as kind of the, the start and seeing uh, what was happening at home with my parents and moving uh, away to college. And then from there, like going into hyperspeed, hyper speed, what that did. And I didn't think about it at the time. And I'm glad you're asking this question because, you know, you're making me think about this. But what that did is it just gave me a lot more reps. Right, meeting a new person, and tomorrow I land in Istanbul, and I'm there for two weeks, and then I'm, uh, which I didn't recognize anything, didn't speak the language, and then from there I would go to Buenos Aires in in Argentina, and so I was there, and I understood some of the symbols and the letters and the language, uh, but then from there I would go to Beijing, and and so all of that, what it did is it just gave me more reps. To be in a position where, hey, listen, I've got to figure out the clues that are on the wall to be able to communicate, to be able to sometimes take care of the basic necessities, getting a glass of water, or getting some food, um, always in, in the nice accommodations, but I still had to get the basics done. And so, the the the, the question that you're asking, I I, I really like the question because I hadn't thought about it before. But it's it, having those early moves early on. And then having it accelerate in my first corporate role and then from there even on a personal level to go out and travel and see different people from different languages with different cultures with different languages that always that's helped me because now it's difficult for me to meet a stranger right there's almost almost always a connection point that i can find because i had to do that when i was growing up and because i have a natural curiosity and want to know more about different people different cultures it's something that i enjoy sometimes those relationships are surface but they can be they can be surface if it's in a corporate environment and at the same time depending on how what what an in individual what your strategy is in the corporate environment are you there to stay for the long haul or are you there because this is your next move on to the to the next salary or to the next role to the next title to the next time freedom to the next ability to choose um so i one of the things that i feel that i'm able to do is not only create those relationships, also have the choice and the freedom to be able to deepen the relationships where it makes the most sense and and, and that is within the confines of a corporate environment or mm-hmm. even now serving serving the clients that that we serve like that's the big
0: thing. I don't want to go wide anymore I really want to go deep is the thing that we're looking to do no absolutely and um what you currently do is um if you want to kind of summarize that as well for the people um, you've successfully escaped the sort of nine to five rat race, as they call it. And it's interesting because we were just talking about this. I'm re-entering the rat race. And from my perspective, I've had so many conversations. Um, and I feel like my perspective on the world is a little blurred as well. I got to experience, um, you know, traveling, going to countries as well, but also realizing that you can make money and have your freedom and set your own schedule and do your own thing at, on your own uh, at your own time at your own pace, um, and still be successful and leave, live a meaningful sort of quality life. But I'm curious to hear from your perspective um, what some of the benefits, uh, in your opinion, were from uh, uh, from working a nine to five, and um, you know what you currently do. I wish it were nine to five, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> um, no, so. I was, I, read, I was reading this book, and um, the book had done this study of uh, bankers uh, in in the city in London, and I, th- I think they said that they were working on average between 100 and 120 hours a week, like one of the highest burnout rate jobs ever. And I started thinking to myself, "Well, there's only 168 hours in a week. How could you possibly be working 100 to 120 hours?" But anyway, I, I don't I don't want to digress too much. Um, but a, a couple of the the things that I Enjoyed about the corporate, right? That's the that's the question. Like the things that I
0: enjoyed, or the or the the the, the skill set. Yeah, is the that, values that, right? that translated to what you currently do.
1: Yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, one of the one of the things that I personally I really enjoyed working in the in the multinational. I enjoyed that because I enjoyed the fact that, and I was working in the software, uh, IT software space, and software sales and sales leadership. And so, this is very cutting edge. There are uh, margins. There are clients who are always looking to optimize their processes um, and they are looking to invest, become much more efficient, much more profitable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, just being in that environment alone was constantly a a mental uh, stimulus. Like there was mental stimulus going on every single day. Plus, working at a market leading company had access to amazing training. And for someone like me, who's very curious, I loved being able to get that training in the concepts, the theory, and then being able to put it into practice and build that muscle because you got lots of reps. And that was a lot of times through um, through sales, different sales techniques, then leadership uh, trainings and leadership uh, forums that I was able to be a part of, being part of top talent programs, things like that, gained even more access to um, new material. And the fact that these large large organizations typically have budgets where you can do other things. You don't have to worry about, hey, listen, do you have to th- make the decision that you're going to spend this amount of money or this amount of money if it's your own business? Because they, these, many of these companies have you know, multi-billions of, uh, of euros or dollars in, in, in revenue. And, and plus, the, the, being surrounded by relatively smart, proactive, outgoing people uh, was one of the things that I really, really did enjoy about working in the multinational And if I think about the things that I learned there, and as I'm now working to with my team and the team and I, we're working to serve our clients. It's the fact that it's about relationships. It's about being able to understand. It's about being able to set a very clear direction in terms of what do you want to be able to do as an organization? What are your mission, your vision, your values and being able to live those out? Now, when I was working at a company before, it was a company that had over 100,000 employees. I don't want to do that anymore. I wanna work with a team of people that we are built to work and serve our clients. We don't want thousands of clients. We want the right clients uh, and be able to serve them to the best of our ability and what we're doing today. And that's through uh, different investment opportunities for a very specific type of client. But um, what I took away from the, the multinationals aside from the the ability to continue to build relationships, but it's a certain structure, certain rigor and and being able to, you know, now know that it's, it's not just, there's no paycheck at the end of the month we have to perform. So there's some, you know, there is some fear there, but it's not fear that scares me. It's more fear that motivates us to go out and do the right work, serve the clients and be
0: able to build deep in the relationships. Right. And it makes sense. I mean, you're essentially trading, um, a nine to five, or if I may just confine it to nine to five, nine to five to basically 24 seven of just trying to figure out what to do. Um, the benefits obviously outweigh um, the sort of restrictive nature of um, working a corporate job. But like you, you know, beautifully mentioned, there are a lot of benefits that translate. And I just wanted to pose this from the perspective of somebody that didn't kind of go that route and then just jumped into their own venture, started their own, took a chance on themselves um, Mm -hmm. from their perspective. And let's say they see stagnation in whatever pursuit they're on. What, how can they incorporate some of the beneficial elements of a nine to five or the corporate world into their own structure? Cause I see this personally. I see, uh, I interact with people and I see people that have their own thing going on and they make enough to survive. They make enough to kind of live a certain lifestyle, but there's no growth. And it's just a matter Mm -hmm. of time. You can kind of foresee what, what that's going to lead to. Um, and I really believe that being in a structured disciplined environment where you're forced to kind of perform and work and act in a certain way really benefits you as well as the trainings and access to individuals that are, um, you know, competitive and driven enough to get to that point and get to those companies um, that you've worked for, you know, what are some of the ways that a person that didn't get to kind of experience that or, or do that uh, incorporate those elements? Yeah, so there, I, to me, there's a couple different things, right? And because I'm not an
1: anti-corporate person, because i received a lot of benefit from that. And even though I left, I still say, hey, listen, if one day I've got great relationships, I would need to go back. I have no plans on going back, right? But I think that there can be a lot of Good derived from working at a, at a big company, as long as you don't let it completely overtake your life. Right. That that being said, if you've not, if you've chosen to just go that route, I think there are a couple of things that need to happen. There, I, just you're asking this question, it makes me think of a book. There, I read a book not too long ago called "Who Not How." There's a guy named Dan Sullivan. If you're familiar with it, and one of the things that I recognize because I'm a recovering perfectionist, are, like. I tended to excel in most of the, in school and the corporate world but also now one of the things that had, that hindered the company from my company now from moving forward faster is because I was trying to do everything right one of the reasons that there was a success in the corporate world is because I understood what my lane was and I surrounded myself with other people so if it, I guess it depends on, on the situation. If it's a situation where a company is profitable, someone chose not to go to the corporate route and just are, we're bootstrapping and there's money in the company and things are going, but you still keep trying to do everything. The first thing I would say is try to stop, or no, don't try to stop, stop trying to do everything because your company's never going to move forward. And if you're trying to do everything, it's very difficult to even put structure because you're going to be wearing yourself out trying to do everything. Not, not every job in a company, even a very small company, needs to be done by the person that founded the company. There are some jobs that, especially with the technology that we have today, you should never have to do certain jobs. Like you should do it just because you want to understand it, and then you start to give it to somebody else to do. You can record your screen, you can do this, you can do that, you can give very clear. Uh, this is the process. These are the steps that happen, which are called SOPs or standard operating procedures and just have somebody else do that task. That's very rep- repetitive, or get a piece of software that does it for a very fixed low cost. And it just makes it easy. That's one of the first things that I would say. I would also say, if your company is moving in the right direction, and you feel that you're struggling, it is okay to go and find someone who actually has a company that's working prop properly. And pay that person to be able to show you the way, right? Because you you don't know what you don't know. And one of the reasons that coaches exist, and you have to do your due diligence because everybody's got a different thing. But once you find the coach that matches or has already done what you're looking to do and you verify that they've done what you are looking to do, then don't be afraid to use the capital resource that you have, the financial resource, the money to actually pay that person to help you build the type of business that you didn't know how to do because that's what you chose to do first, was just to go out and try and figure it out. But when you've gone through that fatigue of, oh my gosh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm trying to do everything. I'm stressed out. And you're looking over and you've got all this money in the bank. Well, you should take the money out of the bank and, and actually get people to help you. That's one of the things that, that I've seen happen. You got this really profitable business, but you're stressed out and you're, and you're doing everything. So, I mean, those would be the two things I, I would say. Look to get the right people on the bus if you don't have them. And uh, if you can and should be able to afford to be able to, to hire someone, they don't have to be, you know, the, the high, high, high end coach, but it needs to be a coach that understands you, your situation. And most importantly, they've already done what you're looking
0: to try to do. They're going to help you collapse timeframes. 100%. So. Um, I want to talk about, uh what your company does. So based on what I've read, um, you essentially educate corporate employees, six-figure corporate employees, on how to have more control over um their financial lives and essentially figure out a path to where it's freedom. Um what what was kind of the inspiration behind that? Obviously maybe your own journey, but what kind of inspired you to want to help others and do it for others and also uh, what are some of the steps and like introductory sort of steps that allow them to uh, kind of do that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that happens when, when you are someone who, right, I'm, like one of the things that happened to me, Arsh, is when, when you are, someone who enjoys your role like I consider myself a very happy corporate employee a corporate soldier I used to call myself right check it out on my LinkedIn profile it's very clear like I was I was excited about that and happy about it and 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 the fact of the matter is there were still things in my life that I knew were not right like I'm a father who was very present at the same time, I always had my company in the back of my mind. I was constantly checking my phone, seeing what emails were coming in, if I had to respond, if it was the managing director, if it was my boss's boss, if it was my boss, and it didn't matter if it was Saturday, Sunday. Like I was always on, even when I was with my family. You know, you were out doing this thing, and I'm sneaking to the side to take a look at my and uh, look at my phone, and um, and I was doing this, and I was doing that, and 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 always had the company going on in the back of my mind. It's probably one of the reasons I was a high performer, a top talent, all of these types of things. But the reality is, I it, kept, it came to a certain point that I was really dependent. That was my main source of income, because um, in 2000, my I had this. I started. I didn't like I said. I didn't come from a family that had a, a lot of money. We I, I learned how to um, save money, and then I started learning how to invest, which meant like blindly giving my money to somebody else to manage it in a in a fund. Uh, in a mutual fund, they were doing that. Uh, Two thousand happened. I lost my some por- my portfolio. It took a couple years to get back. Two thousand eight, I lost thirty three percent of my portfolio, and I was kind of like, "This is not working for me." My parents always told me, "If something happens once, shame on them. If it happens twice, shame on you." So I started looking for ways to figure out how can I get more control over my life. And it was at the, that that around that time that I came across this dad this book called Rich Dad Poor Dad it changed a lot of the way that I kind of saw things. But in my mind at the time, I thought that that meant go out and buy real estate. I've since come to realize that it's not just about buying real estate, it's the it's the the different tools that you use like debt and things like that, which are most important and most powerful. Um, but at the time I got started in real estate and what happened was as a result of re- like I was reading and then I would go out and buy a property like I thought I was going to buy a property here in Barcelona, Spain, but I've actually never bought a property in Europe, all of the. Assets that I own or my company owns are back in the United States so i've been doing this long distance investing is what I call it like living in Europe and investing back in the United States. But the reason i'm telling that story is for about nine years, I was working two jobs, I was living two lives. In the first thing in the morning, I was going through my miracle morning routine. I was getting my exercise in. I was reading. I was writing and all this other kind of stuff. And then I would start working on my business. And then before the kids got up, I'd start transitioning. And then it was with the kids. When I wasn't traveling, Like there was a lot of time where I was also traveling. I was traveling probably three, four days a week. I was in the planes, trains, automobiles. I was missing stuff at the, at the house with the kids. But I was always working. To try to gain more control over my financial life, more and more financial life. And then I started building up what a lot of people will call your passive income. It wasn't from the job that I was working. It came through the the, the rental properties that I owned and the different passive investments that I was making. And that started to give me more freedom, mental freedom to say, okay, well, actually now I don't need to keep coming into this job. But because I come from a place where I didn't have much... I always felt really good because my bank account kept going up and up and that gave me a sense of security. And it allowed me to to make better decisions when I was at the job because I wasn't making decisions based on scarcity because I, I gotta close this deal. I gotta, cause I, I gotta make this, this money and if I don't do it, I'm gonna be completely stressed. because I was already taking care of that through my own personal investments that I had more control over. And so when I started seeing that over this nine year period, I was able to put together not just the the thoughts, but I was able to put a plan together that gave me the, the the freedom of choosing whether or not I went into the job every day. I started talking to it about with with other friends of mine and and. Later on, our, these friends of mine started saying, hey, listen, can I invest with you? And I would say, no. And I would say, well, why not? And I would say, listen, where I come from, you don't mix friends and money. That's just a bad idea. And, and over a couple different friends over like three month period, three different friends told me about it. And, and then I thought, well, hang on. These are guys that I trust. They know me. They like me. They trust me as well. So then I started finding out more about what I would need to do to build a business to be able to help my friends who were looking to take their money that was sitting in a in a bank account earning 0.1% and be able to put it in something that gave them much more control because it was through someone that they knew. And it was then creating more revenue for them, which gave them much more sense of security and feeling like they had more control over the investments versus it being in the stock market. And eventually, um, and, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about this, but the, the things that happened when I when it was time for me to leave the corporate meant that I was now gonna pour more of my time and my energy into building my business in the in the, the companies or the people that we are serving, they're very they're people like me. I mean, they're people who are are not real estate professionals they're busy professionals, they're high wage earners, a lot of them work for these different companies that we talked about, like they're working for the sales forces of the world or work days or, or, um, you know, big Oracle, I mean, these are the types of people that that we're serving. Um, they're typically making high wage. If you look at it on a on an annual basis, they're probably over the last two years, they've, they've made as a as a household more than $300,000. They're expected to do something like that again, this year. Um, and they're looking to be able to to invest in things where they actually know the person's first name, last name, and they can make a direct investment in a company, uh, in the types of assets that produce cash and help them with tax benefits. Because one of the things that happens is when you start earning high wages is you also, I I like to say you're doing hundred percent of the work arch and you're bringing home 50% of the salary, Mm -hmm. uh, because the rest of it doesn't ever make its way home. And sometimes it's hard for people to, Uh, to to understand that but when you're missing like family events when you're thinking that you know you know more about your kpis at your job than you do of what's happening in your household like that's a disconnect and so i'm working and our company is working to be able to help these uh, high wage earning professionals gain more control over the financial aspects of their life because i know that when they have more control over that aspect of their life, they're going to have the freedom to choose to do what they really want to do. And if they choose to be with their children at a sporting event without having to look at their phone every three seconds, then they're going to be able to do that. Or if they choose that they want to go away for the weekend or take their spouse to do something like that, that's what they're going to be able to do as well. Um, so yeah, so I mean that's really how it started, I was trying to solve kind of my own problem, listening to friends that recognized an opportunity before I did, and then being able to now be very intentional about who it is that we want to be able to serve because I want them to not have to spend nine years of their life working two living two lives to get to the point where they can choose to do whatever it is that they want to do.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um So how does it work? Do you have people that are well versed in the real estate game that kind of uh, manage the properties for them? Or is it information that you're kind of selling them?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, right, what it is, is we're really, it's education. So we're educating. um, We're educating people uh, highway journeys to understand about the opportunities that we have. And it's not just real estate. I mean, it's real estate is the first vehicle that was involved in, I've also been involved in other types of assets like, um, ATM machines as a passive investor. Uh, and recently, uh, in the, in the energy space, uh, because the energy space, it helps, uh, a specific, uh, it helps a very specific tax situation, but to answer your, to answer your question, with even a little bit more detail is what we do is we work with world-class operators. So we bring people together as a company that have common goals, common interests, and then we put together a specific uh, project. And then we have an operator that is in a certain location that the specialist, and they're responsible for the day-to-day operations of the asset or the assets.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Excuse me. So you have a designated individual that I guess uh, manages the asset on a on a day to day basis or advises on how to manage the asset.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's more more than an individual. It's so it would be like it be a company. So a company oh, okay, will gotcha. manage. Yeah, the, the company will manage the specific assets and whether those are large pieces of energy equipment, or they are uh, large multifamily buildings. There is a, there would be a company that actually does the day-to-day operations to make sure that we're, we're delivering on uh, the goals and the dreams of the, of the investors that are, that are working along, that are working alongside
0: of us. Gotcha. Just wanted to clarify. Um, yeah. and in terms of other investments, what are some other sort of avenues through which, um, you know, high wage earners, and even just median sort of wage earners can, uh you know, find freedom or buy their, or kind of start their journey towards freedom.
1: Yeah, man. So you know, what the, the biggest thing that that I have had a personal experience with harsh is like, sometimes you can you can hear about things, and you just you, like I said, you want to keep up with the Joneses. So you're thinking, Hey, man, look, I've got this money. I want to put this money over here. And because I know a friend of mine did it, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, I lost a lot of sleep when I invested in things that I didn't understand because I wanted to sound, um, cool. Right. So the thing that I would say is it doesn't matter really where you are. It's get interested in getting educated to understand, why are you investing in the first place? And then when you understand why you're investing, figure out like what, what are the benefits that you're looking for? Like a lot of the people that we're working with because they have big issues with taxes, like they pay a lot in, in income taxes. They're trying to figure out how they can free up more of their income tax legally so that they could use that to then go out and, and purchase some other type of uh, asset. Can we touch on cash. That more,
0: if you don't mind, please? Which, which part? Explaining uh, maybe an instance that comes to mind or like an example of how they can um, save that money. Yeah. So if you
1: so if you imagine a person, well, let me and I'll just state this this way as well, because my legal team will be very happy about this. So yes, by sir. no way, shape, or form am I giving anybody any kind of tax advice. We're just talking about an example or of things that that we've seen, right? Examples a of things that we've seen. So a, a hypothetical. Yeah. So um, imagine that there's someone who is a a very high wage earner or, or a couple. Let's imagine a couple that's a high wage earning couple, uh, and they are a couple that earns. I don't know, we'll use the number six hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. They six hundred and fifty thousand dollars between the two of them. I know it's a high wage, but those individuals, if they're living in, I don't know, a state like New Jersey, they're probably more or less between the federal and the state tax. They're going to they're gonna pay a roughly 50%. So of their of their income is gonna to go to taxes. So if they're making six hundred and fifty thousand, half of that three hundred and twenty-five thousand is that they're gonna pay in taxes. As an example, well, if they're able to somehow figure out a way to legally uh, free up or or have it reduce a portion of that, then those are funds that they could use. Let's say that they're able to take well half of the half, so three six hundred fifty three twenty five, so it'd be r- r- roughly one sixty. So if they can invest in something that would free up one hundred sixty thousand dollars that they can then use to invest in something else that creates cash flow. Well, that's something that's interesting for that that particular individual, that high wage earner, that that business owner that that has a, 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 a has a really great year, uh, and they're trying to figure out, okay, well, we had a fantastic year, and we want to be able to invest in things that the government wants us to invest in, that will provide the incentives to be able to have a mitigate our tax bill. Those are those are the types of things that I never ever ever heard about. Because at my table, Arsh, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. My parents talked about how do we get to the end of the month and how do we pay this bill or that bill? And so if you're not even exposed to these types of examples, it's almost impossible for your brain to think about it. So like, I I love the fact that you asked the question because it's just about being able to hear the example. But when you hear the example, then you think, okay, well, well, what if I could do that? And, you know, I can do this or um, I you know, I have two or three friends that are actually in this type of job and I know that they really want to be able to get out of their jobs sooner or they want to have the freedom of choosing to continue to go in, but not have the stress that sometimes is related to paying bills or getting ready for the college kids or the, the kids college fund or being able to travel around the globe or take that trip to Europe that they've been thinking about for quite a while. Um, but a lot of times it has to come it comes down to exposure and are you exposed to certain concepts and then from there are you educated because you have to get educated on the concept because if you're not educated on the concept then it's almost impossible to ever feel comfortable and if you don't feel
0: comfortable then what are the chances that you're going to take any action probably pretty pretty slim to done right and there's um so much information out there um, including content from yourself where you know people can get educated um if you want to close out with letting everybody know where they can find you your content um anything else please feel free yeah man um well archie let me just tell you man i
1: i have enjoyed uh watching uh the 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 conversations that you're having uh i love the questions the curiosity and it's no surprise that your uh, community continues to grow continues to advance uh, because everyone's advancing through uh, your questions and your curiosity, which I think is awesome. And so I, I applaud you that. for, I, I pro- applaud you for that. Uh, and also, yeah, I mean, one of the things that the best, one of the best ways to connect with me is through LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, uh, being able to, especially because they give you a chance to give personalized invitations. I mean, it'd be great to receive an invitation from from anyone here that's watching or listening. And just, I think I'm the only Billy Keels in Spain. So uh, you can send a personalized invitation there. You can also find out more about what we're doing specifically to help that individual that I described earlier. Uh, if you go to First uh, FirstGenCP, that's G E G-E-N-C as in capital P as in partners.com, uh, FirstGenCP.com. And there, um, it's pretty new. And you'll be able to find out more about what, it, what we're doing, number of the things that we have going on. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, uh, you're also going to start to see even more uh, information there. But uh, happy to, to, to speak to to anyone and we've got a lot more information that, uh, that you can find there on the website at firstgencp.com.